And we are happy to have Allison Montgomery in studio with us for the first 30 minutes or so here on the broadcast. The head coach of the Bates women's basketball team. And of course, Coach Dave Wing in studio as well, talking some local sports. We'll start with the Bates women's basketball team because they went 2-0 over the weekend to begin their season, defeating Johnson and Wales at the Terrier tip-off, 68-52 up at Thomas College, and then beating the hosts, Thomas College, 74 74- to 59 the very next day and Allison first of all obviously 2-0 that's a great way to start your season what were some general takeaways from the weekend and what you noticed from your your young squad yes young squad emphasis on young <laughs> um no it was a really exciting weekend I think we have a team that plays with so much energy they played so hard demonstrated some pretty good chemistry I think for you know having practiced a little less than three weeks uh, being a team that you know we played I think eight freshmen saw time and you know down the stretch like in the fourth quarter of some of the games I, I looked out to sort of voice my frustration and thought oh we have five freshmen out there I think I'm gonna <laughs> I think I'm gonna step back here so yeah you know just obviously really pleased um, with how hard they played and you know, we, we definitely, you know, face some adversity as you do in every game that you play. Um, but just really impressed with their ability to, to play together with such a young squad. And you're home tomorrow. Yeah. 5.30 p.m. tip, part of a doubleheader. The mm-hmm. women and the men playing University of Southern Maine at Alumni Gymnasium. How about that new court over there at Alumni Gym? Uh, you, what? Looking forward to playing on it, right? It's a brand <laughs> new court, basically. Not the building. Just no, the just floor. the court, the floor oh. itself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nostalgic folks, don't panic. It's, this, it's the same you. alumni gym. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, with some really nice upgrades, um, you know, a new court, which is it was definitely much needed, but also just gives it a nice little facelift, really brightens up the gym a lot. Um, you know, some updated logos and a new floor and some new seating. Got oh. some new bleachers. So tell, it kind of. Tell us about the seating. Um, yeah, so it's just, um, there's still bleachers, still the wooden bleachers, but just new and improved and um, sort of for anyone who's been at um, at alumni gym, you know, there's no like handrails or they can be a little easy to, or a little challenging to navigate. So now it's just um, a little more user friendly for folks sitting in the stands. We did lose some seats because of that. So it'll become an even more intimate uh, gym, but yeah, just, just a really nice, um, really nice upgrade to what is, you know, a really kind of nostalgic old school gym. Excellent. Excellent. And then, um, you mentioned the young team, you have a first year named Ariana Dahlia who had not one, but two double doubles. Uh, I know, uh, obviously a few years ago you had Ali Capola who was a double double machine. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. much nice to have another player who's racking up the points and rebounds, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Ari is, um, She's a really versatile player. She'll play the four position for us. She's like five nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's super strong, really good athlete. She can shoot the three, really good defender. Um, so she's just yeah, she's really versatile. Um, and yeah, I mean, great performance by her. I'm not surprised at all. Um, obviously, really pleased, especially you know being a freshman that she was able to be so dominant this weekend. But um, you know, we for sure will be relying on her this year. So excited she has such a good start. Coach, to start the season, I noticed, you know, you said it was in a tournament. Because it was a tournament right here, so I'm yeah. sure you probably, did you come home? Yes, so we came home in between, yeah. Would you rather, with a young team, play a tournament in, just, just pick a state, Massachusetts, where you got to stay down there, there's yeah. a little more bonding? Yeah. Is that good for a team? Yeah, it's a great question, and one, you know, I definitely tortured myself over right up until tip-off on <laughs> Friday night, trying to, you know, put our team in the best position to want to win. 
Um, and yeah, I think I, you know, in, in, um, in deciding to play in that tournament with such a small squad, I, I was, I did, I did want to stay kind of close to home, not have to kind of, um, travel too far. Um, and I sort of go back and forth in terms of, you know, being able to be on the road and bond in a hotel as opposed to kind of, um, having a short trip, getting home, sleeping in your own bed, um, you know, eating our dining hall, all that stuff. So yeah, those are all the little detail things that coaches can torture yourself over. Um, but I think that, you know, this worked out well for, for our young squad, um, just kind of being closer to home. Yeah. We had uh, Mr. Fine. I can't remember what his first Jason. name is. Jason, yeah. the AD. And yeah. Twice. Well, once on the phone. and Once on the phone. He, it was snowy. So with the very first snow time, he was wasn't too snow. sure about that. No. So yeah. he yeah. called in. Yeah. But we had him in. And I, I had some questions about being familiar with, with uh, NESCAC. What was uh, Sunday games. Um, you know, we hadn't seen them for a long time, and suddenly they've crept in. Uh, yeah. Where you're gone Saturday and Sunday. And instead of Friday night, Saturday afternoon, or yeah. at least that's the way some of the teams play. Like in ice hockey, they play Friday, Saturday, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I voiced my displeasure yeah. to him yeah. about you know them being gone the whole weekend versus having some time for themselves and yeah. and whatever. What what what's your schedule look like this year? Yeah. So our conference schedule um, when we play our conference opponents will be Friday, Saturday. Because um, I'm with you, they definitely you know need that day I think totally off both from academics and um athletics so I think it's really nice whenever we can do that scheduling out of conference is a nightmare um and it, especially for our conference I think um it can be tough to find teams that want to play you <laughs> so um yeah I think just trying to make it work any way you can out of out of conference um is just kind of a reality that you face in scheduling. I, I know a lot of coaches like to avoid that, obviously both for the best interest of our student athletes as well as for us, right? Yeah. Like um, it's not it's not obviously super ideal for us, but um, yeah, I agree with you. And, and it is nice that our conference schedule does, once we get into that rhythm in January and February, it will be consistently Friday, Saturday, and then have the Sunday off. Now I know that the ice hockey team that my daughter played on at Con, yeah. in ice hockey, January they played all the a lot of games. The rest of the, the rest of the uh, student body's gone, yeah. and so they got a lot of practice and a lot of games in. Yep. Uh, they played a lot of their non-conference opponents who were around and, yeah, and wanted yeah. to play. Uh, what's your schedule like in January? Is it something like that happen or not? Yeah, we have a couple out of conference games in January. We were able to schedule. Where our conference schedule in January is, we are on the road every weekend. Um, so we were able to schedule a couple home games, um, midweek, which is really nice, nice for us to be able to have kind of a home game then. And our winter break schedule is a little bit different. We get going earlier in January. So it's sort of nice. Our student body will be back and able to support us for those home games. But, um, yes, yeah, so we tried to balance out that heavy conference road schedule with some home games in January. Coach, when you have a young team like this, how does that change how you approach things from a coaching perspective in practice or does it change anything at all? Oh, Aaron. Yes, it does. <laughs> and again, something that, you know, leading up to this season and as the season started, I've definitely been very, very um, conscientious about and very conscious about. So, um, I mean, obviously coming off this weekend, you know, everybody obviously would be happy about the wins for a lot of reasons. But for me, I just feel like it's super important to um, allow this squad to gain a little confidence. Um 
because I want to be able to push them as their coach to say like, okay, great. Like you achieved a couple wins. We got uh, quite a few uh, notches to go here to pick up our level of play to compete with the caliber of teams that we're going to play. Right. So obviously, you know, them being able to get some wins under their belt, um, develop some confidence, have some success, that makes me feel a lot more confident um, in, in just sort of pushing them and demanding even more from them um, rather than, you know, spending more time managing morale and um, making sure that they have that sort of confidence. I mean, certainly that's something you manage as a coach no matter what what kind of team you're coaching. But, um, you know, losses obviously um, take that toll even more. So, um, yeah, just, you know, excited about that early success. And hopefully we can continue to um, have more success on the court here as we, you know, in the in the preseason as we lead into our conference play which is a beast so yeah it yeah. certainly is yeah uh, the NESCAC, toughest conference by far obviously yeah. in the country i would say in women's basketball and in most sports yeah and for mainers you've got um south portland's megan graff on the team uh first year who got double digit points uh mm-hmm. there against thomas college so yeah. and also um new gloucester's sky conley as well so yeah a couple of mainers how do you approach recruiting locally in state yeah, really important to me. You know, I'm a Mainer and I'm, you know, one of those kids from Maine who, you know, my, my initial focus in choosing a college was I'm leaving the state of Maine. I need to, you know, and obviously I ended up staying in, in state and um, attending a great school and having a really good experience. So it's important to me to um, seek out and recruit, um, you know, smart kids who are great athletes to stay in Maine and, and to have that experience. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a focus of my recruiting. I mean, on the one hand, I'm really trying to um, diversify our roster, really get outside of New England. I think for one, it's, you know, just competing with such a tough conference. If I focus on like Massachusetts, Connecticut, you yeah. know, like all the NESCAC schools are battling for those great kids. So right. trying to expand that a little bit and diversify our roster is is really one important part of my recruiting strategy. And another is certainly going after um, some of the more talented kids in Maine. So, um, yeah, and getting Megan Graff um, was, yeah, def- definitely really excited about that. Spent a lot of time and energy recruiting her. So, so excited to have her here. And um, she is such a smart player. She's so smart. I think as a coach, you just, oh, when you have kids like that who have such a high IQ and you feel are on the same page as you as a coach, um, that's not super common. Um, and so really, really nice. And she's given us some really nice leadership as a point guard. Um, and just, she knows the game. So, you know, so excited for, for not only this year with her, but her career. Yeah. Terrific. So yeah. again, the Bobcats are home tomorrow, 5.30 PM against Southern Maine. Also home Sunday. Coach Wing will be happy to know that. I believe that's her only Sunday game this entire yeah. <laughs> season. Uh, unless they make the NESCAC championship game, which would yes, be on a Sunday. Then, be then we're there fine you go. with that. Yeah. Fine with that. Uh, home Sunday <laughs> the 25th anytime. against the University of New England at 3 o'clock. And then home again <laughs> Tuesday the 27th against Maine Farmington at 7 yeah. p.m. So three home games within a week here, which yes. got to be pretty exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. And then after that, hit the road for a bit in December. Yes. Uh, all on the road, actually, in December at St. Joseph's. Colby, Bowden, and Springfield. And, of course, Colby and Bowden, non-conference games before the conference year against those rivals. Really? Do you like that format? Do you like that, the way it goes like that? <laughs> I, I love playing Bowden twice. Well, it's great. Well, right. Well, it's, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it is, yeah, sure. It is, um... It's nice to be able to get a taste of that conference competition early, I think, to sort of introduce 
the team to it again, particularly with a young squad to say like, yeah, here we go. Um, this is a good dose of what we're going to face in January when the games quote unquote count. I kind of hate it when people say that because right. every game counts. It yeah. matters a lot, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's good for them to be introduced um, to, to sort of some conference foes early on kind of sprinkle them in with our other um, out of conference opponents. So um, yeah, certainly. And, and those are such fun rivalry games, you know, the in-state um, main NESCACs. It's always, you know, fun and the kids get up for it. So yeah. And of yeah. course, it's fu- it's a fun dynamic with Bowden a little bit, right? Because Adrian Scheibel, their head coach, went to Bates, and you went to Bowden. And yeah. so now it's switched, yeah. and they're coaching against each other each year. And yeah. um, I, that's a it's a friendly rivalry, but also I, I imagine you're, you're itching to, 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 get, to get her, right? To beat her. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, I, I do get a lot of questions about that, just about, oh, what's it like to play Bowden? And yeah. um, it's really not any more of an emotional game for me than any other uh, game. Uh, yeah. I really... Um, you know, Adrian is a really good friend of mine um, and has been a mentor um, as a coach. So, um, you know, I, I, she, we support each other a lot, I think, also. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I am really excited to um, mostly just, you know, to compete with a team like Bowdoin, um, not because of any sort of, you know, because I know their coach or because I'm an alum or because I work there, but just more because they are the standard for – Division three women's basketball, and that's where I want my program to be, right? So I think it's more just really itching to be at a level where we're competing because, I mean, while it's a beast to compete in this conference, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else because once we can do that, like, you can – you can <laughs> sky's the limit, really. Like, you can play in a national championship, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I think I'm just excited to get to get to that point with our program. Yeah, once you can master the NESCAC, the non-conference games are a little bit easier. Right yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so this opening weekend, obviously, it's you had to drive all the way up to Waterville, yeah. drive okay. back, drive up, drive back. Uh, but, I mean, obviously the players handled it pretty well. What was maybe the most encouraging thing you noticed about these newcomers? Yeah, I mean, I touched on it before just um, – when I reflect on those games, just their energy, their enthusiasm. I think even when they did face adversity, we had a stretch where, you know, um, you know, and I, this was reinforced by watching it on film. Like we just had some stretches where we got to so many great shots that we didn't hit, or, you know, we're really, really emphasizing transition, transition this year offensively. Um, and so with that comes maybe, you know, a couple more turnovers. Right. So we had stretches like that. Um, but this team did not lose confidence. They did not lose enthusiasm. Um, and so that was really, really encouraging for me. The other thing that's really nice is I feel great about um, having some depth this year, you know, to be able to look to my bench and be like, I have some choices to make right now, you right, know, and right. and um, some kids who, you know, including freshmen who when I put them in the game, they immediately made a play. They immediately made an impact on the game. Um, so that was really encouraging as well. Um, so yeah, I think, I think just their energy, their kids who are really invested, um, in, in my vision for this program. Like, I think we all have the same vision. Um, they've put in a ton of work in the weight room, um, outside of practice. Right. So it's really encouraging for me to feel like we have really taken strides, um, in just the culture of our program and kids who understand that, Sure, it's really fun to talk about, like, oh, the NESCAC is so great and it's so competitive and I want to compete with that team. It's one thing to talk like that and it's another thing to understand what that demands. Um, And so to have kids, especially a lot of youth who are leading the charge in that, um, is just really encouraging for this season and and for our future. Um, I used to say, Allison, that uh, 
Sometimes young players really frustrate you because they don't know what you need them to know. Yeah. But there's a good side of that. Sometimes they don't know <laughs> exactly. to be nervous or anything yes. else. They just yeah. go and play and they do what you tell them to do. Exactly. You know, they don't have all those bad habits and whatever. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Double-edged sword for, for sure. But I am um, really excited about the positive side of that. Yeah. I'm curious about, you know, you have an assistant coach, Christina Marquette, yeah. who obviously plays a big role with the program. Yeah. How, at Division Three at, at NESCAC, how do head coaches like yourself utilize your assistants? It's kind of uh, interesting because, you, you know, the assistants can come and go kind of, but she's been there for a few years now. Yeah, this is the start of her third yeah. season. Um, I make comments to her all the time about, um, you know, I'm it's my goal to keep her here as long as I can. Um, she is awesome. <laughs> she's smart. She's invested. Um, she just gets it. Um, so she has been a huge asset to our program. Um, she's really good at one-on-one skill development with kids in season, which is great. Um, and she's just, I mean, any head coach could relate to this, but when you are working with an assistant who just, um, you feel like there's just a good amount of trust, um, they, they do anything you ask. Um, so she has all those really great qualities and, she has really bought into, I mean, she's, you know, in the last two seasons, um, just been a huge support in terms of this process, you know, and having patience with it. Um, it's, you know, it's a tough process to build a program. Um, but I think the cool thing is, you know, we have this big freshman class this year, which she was obviously a big, big part of helping to recruit. And so I think she's like, she's encouraged by wanting to, you know, reap some benefits of that. Um, to really, you know, this year I think we're really starting to feel that tide turning. And so I'm hoping we can keep her as, her as long as possible. I think she also is um, the type of person who understands, like I think some assistant coaches are, you know, just so kind of antsy to jump around and find the perfect experience and like get that first head coaching job. Yeah. She certainly is, but I think she understands where this is a really good job, an assistant coaching job in the NASCAC, and if we can continue to build our, our program, that's a really good that's a really good thing for her resume. And so I, I am hopeful that we can keep her here until she gets like a really good head coaching opportunity. Um, so you know we'll certainly see. I'm gonna do everything we can to keep her, but she <laughs> plays a huge role in kind of all aspects of our program. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So you know, looking forward to these next few games. We mentioned all the that the next three are at home. Mm-hmm. What are some things you'll be focusing on in practice leading up to it? Because obviously you have a game tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a few practices more before the Sunday game against UNE. I mean, mm-hmm. what are some maybe points of emphasis? Is it more focusing on what Bates is doing or some film study or a combination of both? Yeah, right? yeah. So when I leave here, we're watching film okay. of our of our last two games. I think. Yeah. You know, with any probably any coaches talking about this time of year is is finding some consistency with your team um so yeah i think you know i i I talked a little bit about our weekend i I thought our energy and our enthusiasm was really consistent um but being able to push through mental and physical fatigue to stay sharp and and um capitalize on those really good offensive opportunities that we had actually kind of connect and, and finish your shots and then also um just continuing to be sharp with balancing an up tempo transition game yeah. with taking care of the ball and being disciplined right so those are kind of um that's that's a balance we're trying to strike um where we were you know we turned the ball over a little bit too much this past weekend trying to do that so um those will be big points of emphasis 
Excellent. Again, the Bobcats home tomorrow for a doubleheader. Doubleheaders, they don't happen that often, right? But no, it's yeah. fun when they do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We love to be able to. Um, we have some good camaraderie between our teams, and it's always nice to be able to support each other and obviously brings another dimension to the dynamic in the gym with more people supporting and the rivalry with uh, USM is always good. Yeah. We'll get, they'll get some fans up too. And right. Play that gym. So, um, yeah, we definitely like that opportunity. So, again, that's 5.30 p.m. for the tip tomorrow against the University of Southern Maine. Bobcats off to a 2-0 and start this year. This is Coach Montgomery's – this is your fourth season now at yes. Bates. And so I, I always find the fourth season interesting for a head coach because it's finally basically, you know, entirely people they've only worked with you essentially. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we just have one senior right. this year yeah. who was here when I came in as a freshman though. Yeah. Um, and just – and she's a fantastic kid, great leader, super invested in our program. So – Certainly, like you said, this year for me feels like, okay, like this is this is my squad, you know, um, and just, you know, you spend so much time and energy recruiting um, that it's a really great feeling to sort of look at your team and think like, okay, like this is, you know, this is um, all the energy that we put into this, like all these kids are here now. So yeah, it's certainly, it's, it's exciting to have reached this point. Yeah. Off to a great start again, 2-0 and with a 68-52 win over Johnson and Wales coming up from Rhode Island all the way to Waterville. I think Bates had a long trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bobcats got the win there, and then the beat Thomas College, the host there, the Terrier tip-off as well, 74-59. And again, if you want to catch the Bobcats, they're home tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. You can watch the women play at 5.30, and then the men play right after that as well. Allison Montgomery, thanks so much for joining us here on the B-List Daily. Absolutely. Thank you, Aaron. And we'll be back in a moment with some more talk about some local sports. We have, of course, the high school football state title games were this past weekend. My name is Aaron Morris, filling in for Maddie B, live from Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios. This is the B-List Daily on 105 Sports. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners an all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. That's SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. The 18th Annual MBR All-Star Weekend takes place November 17th and 18th at the Augusta Civic Center, presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. The weekend consists of the best high school basketball players throughout northern and southern Maine, squaring off from 6th grade to 12th grade. Boys and girls, get signed up now. Find more information at mainebasketballreport.com or at mbr.org. November 17th and 18th, you'll be able to watch the live stream of those games as well at mbr.org. All presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. 
Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org. If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759, or check them out online, MaineAthleticFundraising.com. Delivering on the promise. When it comes to insurance, choose the best. The Shampoo Insurance Group, licensed by more than 30 companies, including Ohio Mutual Insurance Group, Shampoo will customize a quality, affordable policy for your home and auto. Visit Shampoo Insurance in Lewiston, Pinkham Agency in Farmingdale, Rogers Agency in Lisbon Falls, and People's Agency in Monmouth. Delivering on the promise at Shampoo Pinkham Rogers Insurance Agency. And welcome back in the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios. My name is Aaron Morris. I'm filling in for Maddie B on this Monday. Maddie taking a, a well-earned vacation after a busy high school football season that concluded 
this past weekend, this past Saturday, actually, all four games were on Saturday. Um, Class A, Thornton Academy, state champions in football, 49-14 over Portland. Class B, Marshwood, 49-40 over, uh, pardon me, 49-0 over Brunswick. Freiburg fell. Uh, Nokomis beat them, 13-12 in the one thriller. And then Wells was all over Foxcroft for a second straight year, uh, 55-20 in Class D. So, Coach Wing, four games, three blowouts. Concerning, it's been this way the last couple of years. Well, I think uh, we, we talked about the Portland game. You called that game. Yep. Uh, Portland had a ton of penalties. I think oh if, my they, goodness. if they cut those out, they're probably not going to win the game. But it's within a score, maybe you know, maybe two touchdowns. But, I mean, it's going to be close, and it's going to yeah. be something where you say, geez, they had a shot. Uh, the Marshwood game, uh, they, they've been on a run. That's four out of five for them. And the other the other team that won was Brunswick, surprisingly. And uh, – the problem there was Marshwood played absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Brunswick was bad. Everything that Marshwood did turned to gold. Yeah. Good coaching. They threw the screen pass at the right time. The quarterback rolled and kept the ball at the right time. Springer, the quarterback, was outstanding. Mm. Um, and I think that made the difference in that. And and Brunswick, they, they had some injuries coming in with their running backs, and they got a couple more guys hurt. And I think it just took them out of their game. And by then, Marshwood is on a roll. And it's hard to stop that in any sport once the other team's on a roll. The uh, the C game, uh, Nokomis took the opening kickoff and threw almost, uh, I think they ran one running play. It may have been two, but I think one. And just went right down the field. That was a game that Gus and I called. And, uh, and it looked like, whoa, they're going to score a ton of points well Gus made some really good points that if he comes in tomorrow we'll have him talk about yeah but uh the uh Freiburg came back and scored and then they got another one they missed both extra points well once they kicked and wasn't good and then they went for two and didn't get it so it's 12-7 and really from that first drive on Nokomis really didn't move the ball that much their defense was very good they didn't move the ball very much so all of a sudden Freiburg's got a chance to uh it's 4.44. They had to adjust the clock. That's why I remember it so much. They ran off three seconds and had to put it back on. <laughs> yeah. So I remember the time very well. And all they've got to do is get one, maybe two first downs. And even if they can't keep going, they can punt it down inside the 20 and make Nokomis go 80 yards, which they hadn't shown since that first drive that they could do. Right, right, Instead, right. Instead, they had a couple of penalties. They ended up getting a first down when we didn't think that they would. And then they had a, two more penalties. One was an unsportsmanlike. They ended up deeper in their own territory than they should have been, and they ended up punting. And um, Tyler Pelletier took the punt and ran it back. It said in the paper 63 yards. I, I don't know. We were right on it. I thought it was 69 yards. But Still a enough. long return. Close enough. Yeah. He, he, got to the, he got to the wall, and we both said, oh, he got to the wall, and he just went right down the sideline for the touchdown. Mm. Uh, so... Um, you just don't know. And as far as Wells, I, I did their game the week before against Oak Hill when Oak Hill uh, took the opening kickoff. They got a good return. Uh, their quarterback, uh, Gavin Rostrum, ran the ball on the first play from scrimmage all the way inside the 10. It's first and goal. Looks like Oak Hill's going to score first yeah. and make that a little different game. Right. Broke his arm. No. Quarterback from Oak Hill broke his arm on the first play of the game. And after that. And he's just... the all-conference quarterback. Right. Anyway, their best player. Right. Two-way player. Against Wells. Out. 
Yeah. So they bring in another another kid to play quarterback. Not actually their backup quarterback, but a running back who had dabbled, I think, with quarterback. I think the plan was to have him run the ball, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the first play from scrimmage from the nine, they go with the read, and the two two guys, and I don't think they're used to doing it very much, I got it, you take it. One of those, and the ball's on the ground, and Wells recovers. Two plays later, they're in the end zone. Yeah. And, and it just went downhill from there. It was pouring out. It, it, the conditions weren't awfully good. And Wells is relentless. When we talked to Tim Roach and in his interview on Wednesday leading up to the games, he said, our kids are, are buying what we're selling. You know, they have a yeah. separate facility. I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Separate from the school just for wrestling and conditioning. Okay. They got weight room extraordinaire. They've got a wrestling room where they can. They don't have to tie up the gym. Yeah. They can go out there. It's got ba- It's got everything. Bathrooms and so on and so forth. So they've made a tremendous commitment, and uh, their kids work really hard. And uh, you know, you could just feel that one coming. We we knew that I'd seen some clips of of uh, Dover Fo- of Foxcroft Academy, but. Uh, you know, you could just tell that the, the Wells kids, they were bigger, stronger, faster, mm-hmm. and uh, not not taking anything away from Foshcott. They had a great year. but Wells Second just, straight year they've made the yeah, state title game. they were just overwhelming, and uh, Wells was. So it, it's brought up some discussion. Uh, uh, Kelly Oates, uh, our pal, who usually comes on on Tuesdays. I don't know if he will without Maddie here, but... Who knows? He, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we get the calls and we do whatever, Any folks. Idea it's a surprise. Who might call in. But uh, he <laughs> talked about what are they going to do with all these blowouts. And um, I told you off the air before we came on, I, I was a principal a long time. I was an AD a long time. So I, I've seen those trends come and go. The, the, the fact that not, every, not so many kids are playing football right now for lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and population in the northern part of the state is shrinking so quickly. Right. Uh, it's created some imbalance. And almost any time you classify in a sport, they, they've been doing it strictly by enrollment. And you try to make that decision on that last couple of teams. If we draw the line there, what's the difference between their number and the team that's the largest school in that, in that uh, level? Yeah. And I can tell you, when I was at Oak Hill as the principal, we were the smallest B school. And we were playing schools that were four or 500 students bigger than we were. Wow. That's a big gap. Yeah. Now, then all of a sudden, two, you know, the next time they reclassify, they moved to C. Well, that made a difference. And the D, you know. So, uh, you know, I think teams come and go in that. The, the hard part is I believe football, because of the physical nature of it, and ice hockey because – I don't care if Bonnie Eagle has 7,000 students. Where are they going to play ice hockey and where are they practicing? And mm-hmm. if their kids in youth hockey have to drive two hours to practice, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't play, but it's hard to keep a team together when you got to go get on a bus or let the kids take their car and drive that far for a place to practice. It, it just creates so many other things that that are blocks to being successful. So those two sports... I always maintained, I didn't, you can tell by how, how much they listened to me, <laughs> it never changed. <laughs> it, we could keep rearranging, I call it rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic with a reclassification. Mm. I think the issue in those two sports, more than any other, is um, the strength of what your program has been. You know, Wells was winning in C even though they were a Class D school. 
they stayed up there and won anyway. Yeah. What's that tell you? When they go to D, uh, it's not going to be close. Not going to be pretty. Yeah. So, I I would say that we classify those schools that have been really strong, and you know who they are. It, you know, you haven't been in Maine that long, but if you if you had to start to to list some schools, you'd be able to tell us who those schools that have been pretty consistently strong. Marshwood, yeah. Wells, yeah, and so. You know, I know that you don't you don't want to fit, face the same thing for Marshwood that you, we did for Oak Hill when, you know, when they've got six hundred kids and and Bonnie Eagle's got, you know, twelve hundred. At what point is it too much again? You know that kind of thing. So, but again, I do think that the strength of program used to be by league. By the way, if you're in the Penobscot Valley, you you play the, the league the teams in that league. You're a guy of the size, right? Um, so anyway, I think that they're going to look at maybe something like that. Uh, it, it'll it'll always have some tie into enrollment. I, I think you can't help some of that, but I feel the same way in ice hockey. If you if you've got a rink across the street or in your town, your kids have had the opportunity to play youth hockey all along. And when you don't have that situation, and you've got to make a commitment to drive forty minutes every time you want to practice, I, I think there's a point in time when you better be damn committed to it if you're going to do that. You know, when my kids played youth hockey, we we skated out of Augusta. So in green, it's there was a 40-minute drive back the back roads to get to get there and and so on. And my kids loved it. I we made the commitment. I, there was no question. But on the, in the long haul, are the numbers always going to stay strong when the economy's tight and and you got to get up the games and run Saturday and Sunday morning at six o'clock a lot. That, you, know, you got to make a commitment. So, I think that those two sports in particular, because you don't have a gym in every town, you know. I mean, you don't have an ice. You have a gym, but you don't have an you ice have a rink. rink. Right. So anyway, do I have a great easy answer? Absolutely not. Yeah, like <laughs> what do you is, do with like a program like Bangor that in football that used to be really good and and it's still a big <laughs> school, like it's still Class A, yeah. but it, it but it's and they've won one game in three years. Yeah, and and. This year finally looked organized and coached. Did they? Okay. I got to be honest with you. I, not, not, nothing more disparaging than that. But before that, they didn't look like uh-huh. that. Right. So yeah, I think I don't think there's any question. You know, what what do the rest of the schools say? And they, they put Bangor in. Let's just say B, because they can't compete with the other. I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure they could have been any better. They're not going to beat Kennebunk Marshwood. No. Uh, they're not going to beat Skowhegan most years, the, right now anyway. Right. I think it part of that is cyclical. You you got a, a group of kids, and they're dedicated, and they, they've played the youth programs and whatever. You know, I think in football, that's even going to be an issue. I felt bad for Oxford Hills because you talk about cyclical. I mean, they had a, yeah. you know. This kind of was their year. Col- Colton Carson's like yeah. the generational talent, and they just fell short in overtime to Portland. Do I think Oxford Hills would have beaten Thornton? Probably not. Do I think they would have made it a game because they would not have committed a thousand penalties? Yes. And and the, you know <laughs> the difference is, I think Portland, uh, and I like Jim Hartman a lot. I think they they're forced into being a one dimensional team. They didn't throw the ball much at all. And if you don't do that, pretty soon those other good coaches are gonna they're gonna stack the box on you and yeah. the way you're running. You know, um, yeah. So I I think it's cyclical. I I think you. There's no easy answer. If there was, they would have done it a long time ago. It's not it's, an easy fix. Touching on Portland, you know, Tasker Winslow always was talking about how, like, Portland false starts every time. No one calls it. I was like, 
Well, maybe Taz was just being kind of an Oxford Hills homer when he says yeah. that. And then <laughs> I guess the refs decided to start calling it. They because decided in that game. There huh? were uh, so many false yeah. starts against yeah. Thornton, and it just killed their momentum whenever they – because Elowich ripped off some nice runs. He had two touchdown oh. runs that yeah. were that were quite um, long. Well, more than 50 yards. Yeah, long runs, but uh, – and they were at one point, it was 21-7. to Thornton fumbled. Portland recovered at the Thornton 30 and so all of a sudden, like, oh, they're thirty yards away from making We're this one score it. game. First play, false start, and they're behind the eight ball. Right, right. I mean, it's just. Yeah. And then after that, and after they could not take advantage of that turnover, it, obviously they didn't, they didn't, um, they scored once way later in the game, but it was all Thornton after that. There's always that little little bit of a rub too, because Thornton Academy is kind of like public private. Uh-huh. Know, they have kids that come from other places, you know, kind of like Chevrolet and whatever, and. Uh, They've done it better than Chevrolet, though, if you're talking about recruiting. Well, recently yeah. they have. Recently they have. Recently. Re- up until yeah. then, Chevrolet was a powerhouse. Was a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, you go through cycles of that. you got the right coach at the right time. You've got uh, the right amount of talent. Uh, you've got some commitment from kids. Um, and it, it goes together, and you do a good job with it. Do I think a, a really, really good coach takes a 1-8 and eight team and makes them 8-1? and one? Probably not. Right. I think they can take that four and four team and make them a champion. A really good coach. Um, can a poor coach take an eight and one team and they're probably not going to go to one and eight, but they're probably going to be five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, so coaching makes a difference. It's not the only difference. Yeah. And uh, you, as Tank Valley used to say, the old coach at Winslow was very successful. You got to have some hosses, as he'd say. <laughs> yeah. have some hosses. you need talent. <laughs> and uh, I, I think. <clears throat> teams go through a little dearth of that sometimes where, I mean, I, I can tell you, Scott, we won two state championships. I thought uh, the third year we, we had as good a team as the other two physically. Mm-hmm. We lost our quarterback. He got hurt in the summer. Uh, <laughs> water skiing. Water skiing. Broke a bone, small bone in his neck, and the Dutch said, "I just no way. He was a senior. Right. And so um, – now you're casting around looking for whatever. Now we played really well. That was the year that they only took the top team from each division. We were number two. Mm-hmm. And we started out 0-2 and then won the rest. Well, it's not good enough. Right. Now, had we gotten into the playoffs the way they have the format now, I, I think we had a shot because by then we turned the corner. Yeah. Um, so you never know what's going to happen to a team. Uh, this kid's ineligible. That kid moves away. This kid... Who knows? He needs to. I feels he needs to get a job. Uh, they didn't commit as much in the off season. There's a ton of. It's so complicated. It isn't just you show up and play anymore. Yeah. Uh, when I played, we didn't lift any weights. Lift <laughs> weights? What is that? You know, you just played. But but it was the same with everybody else. So it was even playing field. Uh, I think if you don't do those things, which is what Tim Roach talked about, if you don't get in and prepare, it. It's going to show up. Um, but going back to what do they do, there's talk that uh, they make it, uh, never mind east and west. Or north or and north south. Or north and south. <laughs> yeah, I, boy, this oh, north, north and south is new for me. It's, it's been it's east and only, west forever. That's right. North and south is the only thing I've known since I moved to Maine. I think yeah. I think the first year I was here was the first, first year it was yeah. north and south yeah. and people were really confused. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had tried it one other time, you know, and people got so peeved about it, they went back. Oh, uh, yeah. But... Uh, 
when you look at the way that the, the state is going, you would have had to turn east. Of, you would have gone like primarily flatline to go east and west. And they said, that's crazy. It's north and south. Right. You know? But look at Class A football. Portland, Chevrolet, Wyndham, they're, they're in the north. Really? I yeah. mean, not really, folks. Not, not so, geographically not, or not. Not when you look at the map. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that those are the issues. Anyway, they're talking about saying, never mind north and south. Let's put together, well, you can come up with the names. Thorn, you know, those really big schools that have been so successful. You know, Thornton, Scarborough. I, you probably got to put Lewis and Yell in there, whether they want to be in there or not. Mm. Because they, they've, got the, they've got the enrollments and whatever. But anyway, make a group. It doesn't make a difference whether you're north or south. There's our eight and the super eight, whatever. You, no, you, whatever it is. Can I you said play your, Can you play your way in and or? Well, I, no, I don't know. That, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm speculating. Right. Maddie went to you have relegation, one, like in the one of the <laughs> one of the meetings, and they talked about making it so it's not a north and south. It's here's the here's the group, and each of those groups have always been allowed in football only. By the way, to decide how many teams go to the playoffs. Yeah. Some of them say, well, we're going to take all but one, like. Northern A. Some say we're going to take the top four, or we're going to take. You know, everybody's a little bit different. Now they're going to do it. Yeah, Class A North. I mean, Bangor made the playoffs with one win. That, one that's win. got to change. Yeah, that I, can't be happening. And I, that's one of the other things yeah. that I would always say about any sport. There's a point in time where I, I said this to uh, Teddy V when we did the last game uh, Saturday night. Is it better to have come on at the end of the season, let's say, in a because what happens in a tournament? Only one team ends up winning. Everybody else goes home a loser. Now, you may not feel like a loser. A lot of them do. But is it better to have really come on in the second half of the season and end up um, even four and four? But, but let's say five and three where you won your last four and, and you looked really good and the kids go home feeling like a million bucks. Look at what we did. Yeah. Versus you get into the tournament and you have what happened Saturday. You get your doors blown off. Well, if, you, if you make I, the state title game, it's, well, that's it's been different. worth the trip. That's a little but, different. Oh, yeah. You know what? I would like to see it. It has nothing to do with realignment, but there's there's four MPA-sanctioned levels, A, B, C, and D. Why not do a little tournament of champions here? I want to see Wells play Thornton, see what happens. Come on. I'm interested. You know, Thornton's got the numbers. Obviously, they have a huge roster. I mean, even over Portland, they had twice as many players. Oh, yeah. But Wells hasn't lost in, like, two years now, so... Why not? Let's see what, what would go down. You you have the, the wing T versus the, the speedy Thornton. I mean, it's not like Bracamonte is, like, bigger and stronger. He's, he's faster. Yeah. But, like, I'd love to see, like, Wells versus Thornton, Marshwood versus uh, Nokomis in this case, and then the winners play each other. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be There's been a lot of chatter about that in the non-contact sports. Uh, yeah, know, right. Versus, you know, football. Uh, contact sports. Two more games would be a lot. Well, not, yeah. the, not the two more games, uh, but the you're talking about – you know that that bigger school. I mean, just physical size. We we rarely see, and then I mean that's a generalization. We rarely see the physical size of the players in C and D that we do in A and B. Right. Yeah. Should it be that way? I don't know. It's just that there's more kids to pick from, and you're going to find that big big kid that wants to play football. And unfortunately, you get the mismatches though within the levels themselves. Oh, like, sure. I mean, poor Edward Little against Portland. I thought someone was going to, like, get out of the hospital. I mean, Portland was just, like, so much more physical than they were and just hard hitters, and I felt bad for the Red Eddies the first time around. I didn't see their playoff game, but they lost that one you know, by but, 34. So. But the other thing, Thornton played in the 
in A, you, you're the one that read it to me. I, was it you or somebody else? Don't I, never trailed in one game. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. They never trailed. Never trailed. Yeah, I was, did the game against Wyndham. It, it was horrible. Oh, and I that's looked at awful, the I looked at yeah. their first four games. I think they played Deering, Wyndham. Anyway, there wasn't we, a. We can pull it up. Yeah, that's a basic. They, they seriously, they, they didn't never, have a game. They never traveled. Now, but I mean, there wasn't even fun to even show up no. when you think about it. Yeah, no kid wants that. You want seventy to nothing over Daring. Yeah, forty-seven to seven over Lewiston. Sixty-three to seven over Massabesic. Fifty to nothing over South Portland. Fifty-two to nothing over Wyndham. Relatively close. Thirty-five thirteen against Scarborough. Forty to twenty-one against Bonnie Eagle. And then forty-eight to nothing against Sanford, but they never trailed in any of those games, and obviously they had a bunch of shutouts along yeah, the way. Yeah, and and so you know they're talking about the state championship games. Well, how about their regular season schedule? Yeah. You know, and you looked out. I looked out at Marshwood. Marshwood had m- more than twice as many players as Brunswick, mm. and Brunswick's got a good, healthy program. This isn't a program that's falling yeah, apart. They won they, the title a few years ago. Yeah, they won it yeah. two years two ago. Two years I ago. Think. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a good program. Uh, Dan Cooper is a heck of a coach. He's got good assistants. Um, and they've been a good football school for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's have Marshwood no, play Thorin. I don't no, see that. Yeah, <laughs> they, they probably would want to. Yeah, you know, one year when they knew they were loaded, they moved up to A. Marshwood did. Yeah, oh. and won. And then won Class A. I think nineteen eighty nine. I think it was something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, how do you do that? You just petition, or you can petition up? They had to stay up more than one year. Okay. They had to stay up more than one year. Yeah. But, uh, I think he felt they felt like we. I know we can win an A, you know that kind of thing, and boom, yeah, on they went. Yeah, Wells needs to be in at least C. I mean, well, just because how good they are, but as you mentioned, it, things are cyclical. So, you know, uh, we've we've had this debate. I, I talked with uh, Jim Palmer about this, uh, the AD at, at Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. Oak Hill was in the mid main. Well, they were in the way back. They were in uh, the original Mountain Valley Conference, and then they went to the mid main conference. Something that they, ten schools put together on their own. Yeah, and then when I was there as principal, the mid May fell apart. One of the schools, ba ba ba. So we had nobody to compete against that we could make the tournament. There were only two B schools, and the other eight were C and D. We, we're never going to make the tournament, even if we go undefeated. Right. So anyway, we went to the KVAC. The KVAC was a tough conference for us because we were the smallest school. The KVAC is an A and B school, so you had to be B. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, now he knew that that wasn't going to work for them. They, they've they gone back to the Mountain Valley, which is, you know, B.C., and I think there's a couple of D's. Anyway, it's perfect for them. They, they ha- they're competitive. Well, Allison Collins was telling me in softball, I think she was something like 11-3 uh, and three, or maybe even 12-2 and two one of those years. But when they get to the tournament and you're playing in B, because it's still a, they're the smallest of the B's still. Yeah. You got to play against schools that are used to playing those bigger schools, tougher schedule week after week after week, and they don't win in the tournament. So, would you rather be have a great regular season, kids feel really good about themselves, and you don't go anywhere in the playoffs, or maybe make the playoffs, squeak in, and maybe one year you're going to go somewhere? I mean, if you're asking me, I, I think having those successful years year after year, pretty darn good feeling in your community. 
Well, again, the state champions this year, Thornton Academy in Class A, Marshwood in Class B, Nokomis in Class C. That was the really close game, 13-12. to And then Wells in Class D. No tournament champions yet uh, there in football, but those are your four champions. Uh, then also Class E, I believe it was Freeport that yes. ended up winning over Freeport Darago. Freeport Darago. Yeah. yeah, so certainly congratulations to all those teams. We will take a break, and we, on the other side, Coach Wing's alma mater is in the news. They got a first-round bye in the FCS playoffs. They will host either Jacksonville State or East Tennessee at Harold Alphonse Sports Stadium on December 1st. We'll talk about the University of Maine on the other side of the break. Communications Network, GCN. W-E-Z. Hey, hey, USA Radio News with Chris Find the news Barnes. The, top of the hour. Former FBI Director James Comey and the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch can both expect subpoenas soon from the House Judiciary Panel. Comey recently on Twitter saying he wants it to be a public hearing, but South Carolina Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy, who chairs the House Oversight Committee, says... So has the FBI ever conducted an interview in public and has the FBI ever conducted an interview where you were limited to five minutes, which is what happens right. in congressional hearings. Gowdy and other Republicans say they want to look in further to the investigation of Hillary Clinton's email and decisions that were made and not made leading up to the November elections in 2016. Officials say 77 people have been killed by the campfire in Northern California and over 1,000 people are still listed as missing. And this is USA Radio News. If you're like most people and you see two gas stations and one sells gas for a little bit less, you go to that one. It just makes sense. Every little bit helps. But here's what's weird, though. Sometimes we save a few pennies here and there and ignore opportunities to save huge money, life-changing money. If you switch to MediShare for your health care, it could be massive savings for you. The typical savings for a family is $500 a month. Think what you could do with that over time, just doing the math. That's $6,000 a year. That is significant. And yes, people love it, and they love it because it works. It's believers who share each other's health care costs. More than 400,000 people are now members of MediShare, and it's growing like crazy. Find out how much you could save and why MediShare is so popular. Go to MediShare.com or call 855-90-PSALM. That's 855-90-PSALM. MediShare.com or 855-90-PSALM. President Trump suggesting he'd be okay with it if Saudi Arabia's crown prince did lie about the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. In an interview on Fox News Sunday, President Trump said, quote, We do have an ally, and he wants to stick with an ally that in many ways has been very good, in the president's words. That's despite a CIA assessment which says, with high confidence, it believes the crown prince ordered Khashoggi's killing. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson, the incumbent Democrat, has conceded now to Florida's Governor Rick Scott in that Senate race in Florida after Tallahassee's Mayor Andrew Gillum conceded his Democratic run against Congressman Ron DeSantis for Florida Governor. Gillum releasing a Facebook video over the weekend. RJ and I uh, wanted to take a moment uh, to congratulate Mr. DeSantis uh, on becoming uh, the next governor of the great state of Florida. Gillum referring to his wife, RJ, who appeared with him in the video. This is USA Radio News. The following update is for drivers who pay too much for car insurance due to DUIs, DWIs, tickets, or anything else. Our company specializes in low-cost SR22 auto insurance. 
We know that mistakes happen and offer free quotes for very affordable auto insurance meant specifically for you, the overpaying high-risk driver. The quote is free and we'll handle the filing so you could start saving money. Call 800-758-0725. I want you to know that this coming Thanksgiving, we, we're thankful for you. That's the vice president as he stopped by Anderson Air Force Base in Guam for a Sunday visit with military service members and their families. I hope you have taken note of the fact in the first two years of this administration, we've made the largest investment in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan. We're rebuilding our military, we're restoring the arsenal of democracy, and we also included the largest pay raise for military personnel in nearly 10 Years. Vice President Pence was heading home at the time from the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in New Guinea. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin's denying that Moscow ever interfered with the 2016 U.S. election. The Interfax News Agency reports that at a pre-G20 summit meeting in Singapore, Putin denied any involvement when Vice President Mike Pence brought up the issue. A Kremlin spokesman saying the conversation took place while the leaders were discussing key problems that will be discussed further at the upcoming G20 summit. That summit in Argentina will be the first G20 ever hosted in South America. And residents of Barrow, Alaska will now be without sunlight for a couple of months. Yesterday was the shortest day of the year there, but daylight is now not expected to be back at all until January 23rd. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pad. W288CW1055 FM, Auburn. WEZRAM1240, Lewiston. WTME AM780, Rumford. This is 105 Sports. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care, where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. That's SpectrumHCP.com slash ortho. The 18th Annual MBR All-Star Weekend takes place November 17th and 18th at the Augusta Civic Center, presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. The weekend consists of the best high school basketball players throughout northern and southern Maine, squaring off from 6th grade to 12th grade. Boys and girls, get signed up now. Find more information at mainebasketballreport.com or at mbr.org. November 17th and 18th, you'll be able to watch the live stream of those games as well at mbr.org. All presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation, making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. 
Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave moisture control units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. That's goodairusa.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org! If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759, or check them out online, MainAthleticFundraising.com. Delivering on the promise. When it comes to insurance, choose the best. The Shampoo Insurance Group, licensed by more than 30 companies, including Ohio Mutual Insurance Group, Shampoo will customize a quality, affordable policy for your home and auto. Visit Shampoo Insurance in Lewiston, Pinkham Agency in Farmingdale, Rogers Agency in Lisbon Falls, and People's Agency in Monmouth. Delivering on the promise at Shampoo Pinkham Rogers Insurance Agency.
Welcome back in to the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios. My name is Aaron Morse, filling in for Maddie B on this Monday morning, looking back on a big weekend for uh, Maine High School football and the University of Maine as well. We already had Allison Montgomery from Bates College on to talk about how the Bobcats women's basketball team went 2-0 over the weekend and have a home game uh, this Tuesday at 5.30 p.m., part of a doubleheader men's game right afterwards against Southern Maine at the refurbished alumni gym. Let's talk about the big school up north, the University of Maine, though, and their football team. They've won four games in a row, including a 27-26 win over number 12 nationally ranked Elon University uh, this past Saturday. And then, I believe it was yesterday, they found out they're getting a first-round bye and they'll face a winner of Jacksonville State and East Tennessee in the second round of the FCS tournament at noon on Saturday, December 1st. So uh, to get this weekend off and uh, the following weekend uh they get to host. The game will be on ESPN3 streaming and on radio up there at 103.9 uh, FM. So, obviously, very exciting for your alma mater. Um, it's first time in, what, five years they've made the playoffs? Yes. Yep. So, what are your thoughts on this year's team? And, I mean, it's, the year started terribly with that player, you know, unfortunately passing away during yeah, practice. Yeah, Darius Minor. Yeah. They, but, they, they did find out there was a heart condition. A heart condition. I mean, it doesn't. Right back, but right. it was not something that the university or the coaches or the trainers right. or anybody did. Nothing could they could have done about um, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's wicked exciting. You know, last year we got some rumblings that maybe everybody wasn't happy with the mm. new coaches and and uh, the staff and so on and so forth. And we said, well, we'll have to keep an ear out for it. So when the season started, especially with uh, what happened to Darius uh, in, in preseason, pre preseason, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was saying, wow, there, this is going to be a long year, whatever. And then right. Maddie decided he was going to start following them and going to all their games. He must be the good luck charm. Cause... The away games. He didn't go to the home oh. games till Saturday. But, Maybe uh, not so good. They only went 4-3 and three on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and um, They were 4-0 and oh at home. Yeah, they had some really tough games on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, he uh, he went. He came back with really good reports about how talented they were and whatever and, and had some great, uh, after the game, um, interviews with with the coaches, with Coach Harrisimiak, with the players, and you could tell there's just some excitement and some real confidence. And uh, so it's pretty exciting, you know. They, like I said, they played some uh, some FBS schools. They they uh, they had a couple upsets on the road. Yeah, um, against really tough teams. And one of the games that they lost was one that Maddie was really frustrated with how poor the officiating was. I think Maine had something like, seriously, 15 penalties, which is mm. not their M.O., really. Right. Uh, but anyway, it's really nice. It's uh, I, I think it's a tough job these days to recruit a kid to come all the way to Orono. We've talked about this, to bring NESCAC-type kids, you know, the Division three academic kids, to come to Kobe, Bates, and Bowden. Right. It's the same kind of thing. they got to go by five other schools of the same caliber, to get here and we're a little far north here yeah and orono is the same thing and uh so i think for them to be able to have you know brought in some kids and and we're not reading stuff about these they're bringing in renegades these are good quality yeah. kids that are playing well representing the university and the state well um so i i've got nothing but positive feelings about that you know i think i've told you this before when i played um we played in the Yankee Conference against the New England schools, and then they added 
the 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 non-conference games were Citadel, Bucknell, uh, CW Post, Hofstra. You know, mm-hmm. it was a tough schedule. Right. And and no scholarships. When I played, there were no scholarships. Yeah. They didn't start that for a long time after I left. But uh, I think now, I think you, you make the right decisions about the kind of kids you bring in. Seems to me when I look at, like I say, we're not hearing things. They're not reading stuff in the paper. So that tells us they're bringing in quality kids who... Love what the university offers up here, and it, it clearly, as you would know, moving to Maine from the great Northwest and then being in Chicago to go to Northwest and to college, it's different here. Yeah. It's a different way of life. It's a much slower pace, much much different. Uh, so, again, hats off to, to, to the university, to, to the coaching staff, the players. Uh, it's a great accomplishment. You hope that they can... Uh, can pull off a nice victory in that first round, getting a home game. Uh, that that'll be pretty special. Definitely, and I mean, obviously, an alum, you must be uh, extra excited, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I've heard from quite a few guys that I played with saying, "Wow, is this great or what?" You know, and, yeah. And uh, I think that you know, football kind of took a backseat to. There was a spell there where baseball was really uh, right up at the top of the rankings. Went to the College World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, since they've changed the format of how that works, not so much. You know, before they just had to represent the Northeast and they beat everybody. Now it's uh, super regionals and all that stuff. Not, probably, it's a really long haul to try to make it. Uh, hockey had a has had a run of really successful teams mm-hmm. and and uh, a lot of interest. Built an arena for it and the whole deal. So this is nice for, for football to get some some nice recognition to to have us to be able to appreciate how hard they work and how much they put into it uh, to get this far. F definitely, yeah. They went eight and three during the regular season, seven and one in the conference. And again, they finished the year really strong with uh, I believe it was four straight victories uh, down the stretch. They only lost this year. They lost to an FBS school, Central Michigan, on the road. Uh, they lost to um, Yale on the road, Ivy League, obviously, and their only conference loss came at William and Mary. But they went undefeated at home, and they get a home game in the playoffs. So that's pretty yeah, sweet. It is pretty nice, and you know, it's a. I, I think it's a nice place to watch a game. Um, I'm I'm biased. I'm I'm sure, but uh, the, the issue will be because in another two weeks, it's gonna be a little cooler up there. I'm oh, afraid. it's gonna be. Uh, yeah. I mean. Whoever's coming to town, though, probably. I mean, let's see. Well, it's, it's, the two teams are two southern they're, teams. They're from two. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna like it. <laughs> they're they're gonna like it too much. They're gonna so. have a tough time, I think, with it. Uh, so that's that's an advantage, I think, again for for Maine. They're facing the, either one of those teams will have to come into a hostile environment from warmer climate. If so. that uh, those teams come in with a high flying passing offense, I tell you what, that could be a problem for them because yeah, their hands are gonna be cold. Well, everything else is gonna be cold too. Yeah, I think. <laughs> You know, I always I've said that before. I I think it's an advantage to to be up here and have to have teams come up and and and, uh, and face that weather. Just like it does. We I used to complain when the the last three years in a row the Patriots have had their Miami game mm-hmm. down there when it in late in the season when it's warm. So which is a horrible disadvantage for them. What happened to every other year? They have to come up here for the cold weather game. Yeah, well, yeah, not happening. It hasn't happened in three years now, and they play him twice, so it could have happened. So yeah, that's my little 
rant about that. Uh, you know, I it should be the same. So anyway, I, I think those two Southern schools, whichever one wins, is going to face. It'll be a good team, mind you. But, right. Uh, it'll it'll be a little different conditions than what they used to. Uh, Celtics play tonight, seven o'clock at Charlotte. They lost most recently they, on Saturday. They don't match up with Utah at all. They, yeah, they lost to Utah ninety-eight eighty-six. I, they're not playing the committed defense that we've seen in the past. And uh, I, I wanted to have a long chat with Maddie. Uh, we didn't get to it on Friday. There were so many things going on on Friday that we didn't get to it. But mm-hmm. I said I could almost make the case that Kyrie Irving isn't good for the Celtics. And he would have said, get lost. What are you talking about? He's great. He's a great player. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Brad Stevens has always taken a bunch of guys, if you will, yeah, and made a team out of them where they move the ball. Uh, they they play off in each other. They have a sense for all that. They play great, great defense. Yeah. And I think one of the things that happened is Kyrie has bailed them out of the wins that they have, they've all been, I think, practically because he's bailed them out with scoring 35 points and being unbelievable down the stretch. He can't do that every week. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So they've, they've got to get back to the kind of things that got them to where they have been, and that is playing great defense um, and and working together as a team. Now, I understand that he's got two starters who sat out well, one of them sat out the whole year. He was sat out the whole year, and Kyrie sat out the playoffs. Uh huh. He's trying to acclimate them back into Celtics, you know. And I right now they're lacking that gritty determination. It almost people expecting it to come easy to them. Well, it isn't going to. Right. Everybody's giving them their A game right now because they're the, supposedly the team to beat. Yeah. They they did have a great win against Toronto, by the way. They beat. Uh, Kawhi Leonard in, in that group uh, in that in the game two games ago I think mm-hmm. which was a big win but then the rest of the time they've looked nah I think they watched seven and five yeah I mean who's figured that they just uh, as Stevens has said two three times we're not as good as we think we are at least yet anyway he didn't say yet but that, I would say yet Maddie keeps saying let's see what they look like uh, Christmas time when they've had a chance to uh, to kind of rally and and whatever and. Stevens called him out the other day. He said, we're, we're not committed enough to doing the things that we need to do to win. And uh, they love him, so I, I'm hoping that, that, that they pay attention to that. You know, they said that Tatum doesn't seem to be quite the same. He's having a little sophomore slump. But, you know, Maddie and I talked about that last year. He did the same thing last year. He went through a little little slump there where Maddie had said, well, you know, you know, there's college kids. This is how many games they play. And when you play in the pros, you play twice as many. You know, this is yeah. this is really a second season all in one. And I, they almost always talk about sophomore slump where everybody's seen your moves. They've watched you on video. Now they're saying, okay, I, this is how I can stop that guy. And um, so he hasn't been quite what we, you know, he's been on and off. One game he looks fantastic. Next game he kind of disappears. Uh, Jalen Brown hasn't hit the long-range shot. And then he's tried a lot to to go to the go to the basket, and he he just hasn't been able to finish. He gets there, and then he doesn't get the call, so he 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 throws it up, and he doesn't get the get the basket. So anyway, it, it's been some growing pains, and you know it's hard to know exactly why we're facing that, but we are. So 
we'll see what happens with that. And I think the same way, we, you didn't mention the Bruins yet, but I think it's the same way for the Bruins. I think that they they uh, got lucky, I think, last year with, with uh, the young kids coming through in unbelievable ways. And uh, that's going to slide off there, by the way, the, the panel. Um, I think they, they, the young kids came around last year. They played way over what you would expect them to play, and we had a great year. And you, you don't know that that's going to happen. So um, I think they were counting on the same thing happening this year, and they just have had so many injuries. They, their defense, I mean, they're, they're playing with guys they've never even heard of. So um, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with the, with the Bruins, but... Um, you know, I think they're fifth place right now in their division, uh, you know, the Eastern Division. And, uh, of course, that's not the way the playoffs go. But uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I'm a little concerned about whether or not they're going to be able to to pull that off. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I'm having some issues, and I'm trying to get the audio going on the Facebook feed. We've run live on the radio the whole time, but... Facebook, we seem to have you having some issues. I, I think, so I think maybe he didn't have it all the way plugged. It was, in. Well, it's not plugged in at all, so <laughs> that's what I'll try to figure out. I was um, thinking there's a plug that comes from over here to go over there, or they already have that. Yeah, so um, we will take another break, and when we come back, hopefully we'll have that resolved for the final uh, 30 minutes of the show. This is uh, B-List Daily here on Sports Time 780, and of course the new 105.5 Sports. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. Well, now there's a new team to add to the list. The orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners. An all-star team of orthopedic care right here in your backyard. Four of the area's top orthopedic practices, OA Centers for Orthopedics, Central Maine Orthopedics, Falmouth Orthopedic Center, and Maine Ortho have joined forces to become a dream team of orthopedic care where physicians, surgeons, sports medicine specialists, and clinical staff share resources and work as one to make patient care efficient and more affordable. To learn more about the orthopedic team at Spectrum Healthcare Partners and connect with a provider in your area, visit spectrumhcp.com ortho. That's spectrumhcp.com ortho. The 18th Annual MBR All-Star Weekend takes place November 17th and 18th at the Augusta Civic Center, presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. The weekend consists of the best high school basketball players throughout northern and southern Maine, squaring off from 6th grade to 12th grade. Boys and girls, get signed up now. Find more information at mainebasketballreport.com or at mbr.org. November 17th and 18th, you'll be able to watch the live stream of those games as well at mbr.org. All presented by Spectrum Healthcare Partners. See something? Smell something? Do something. When your basement or crawl space smells, don't ignore it. Odors, mold, and harmful pollutants come from too much moisture and not enough air circulation making your home unhealthy. Do something. Call Wave Home Solutions today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. Experts recommend ventilation instead of dehumidifiers to reduce moisture and expel harmful gases and pollutants. Wave Moisture Control Units continuously dry out your home, transforming it into a fresher, healthier environment year-round. Wave Units cost only pennies a day to operate, and there are no buckets too empty. Call Wave today at 1-888-980-WAVE or go to goodairusa.com. 
That's GoodAirUSA.com or call 1-888-980-WAVE. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. Call Wallen Associates now and pay less than you owe. 800-727-0433. That's 800-727-0433. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Paraswabs risk-free, call 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 1-800-679-0969. That's 1-800-679-0969. All aboard MBR.org! The place to get all your high school and amateur sports news and information. MBR.org is in high gear with Maine High School Winter Sports. Go to MBR.org to chat about your favorite team. Find the latest articles, travel news, and cancellations. Or visit their all-new and very popular team pages. MBR.org has everything you want to know about high school and amateur sports in Maine. Coming in February, all the high school tournament action at your fingertips 24-7. It's high school sports heaven. All aboard MBR.org! If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Mark Smith and his staff will walk you through every step of their plan to help you meet your financial goals. Call them today, 207-468-1759, or check them out online, MainAthleticFundraising.com. Delivering on the promise. When it comes to insurance, choose the best, the Shampoo Insurance Group. Licensed by more than 30 companies, including Ohio Mutual Insurance Group, Shampoo will customize a quality, affordable policy for your home and auto. Visit Shampoo Insurance in Lewiston, Pinkham Agency in Farmingdale, Rogers Agency in Lisbon Falls, and People's Agency in Monmouth. Delivering on the promise at Shampoo Pinkham Rogers Insurance Agency. Welcome back into the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios. This is the B-List Daily on 105 Sports and live on Facebook as well, the NBR Facebook page. And on the phone with us now from Eastern Maine Sports is Mark Cowden to talk some uh, local sports. We'll talk a little high school football as the state title game uh, in all four main levels were uh, on, on Saturday. And Mark, first of all, we were talking about this earlier um, on the show, but obviously three of the four games uh, were blowouts. Uh, but what were your impressions in general about the state title games? And uh, do you have any ideas about... Um, maybe these divisions and how they can maybe be more balanced if possible, I guess. Well, I guess we're going to soon find out, I guess, because reclassification will happen uh, happen this uh, between now and next football season. Well, 
be interesting to see if they go back to three classes with the fourth class being the eight-man league or what they're going to do with that because I, I, I don't know what you guys think. I think the eight-player football would be great for the state and kind of get some teams that are short on numbers to, you know, get get more competitive and, you know, save some injuries, really. Yeah, eight-man football. I, I don't know much about it myself. Have you ever seen it played? I've never seen it played, but I know it's working in other states. States much bigger than Maine um, with, that have big high school traditions like Texas. And, uh, you know, I, it's working for them, so there's no reason why, you know, we, we can't try it in Maine. There, there's a lot of schools with numbers that they just shouldn't be having 11 guys out there. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you have 15, 16 guys, you've got, you got, you know, players playing the whole the whole time and you know one or two injuries you're you're really hurting and and i i don't know i no, i've never seen it I, i've never seen it but i think it, just from what i hear you know the other state works for other states for the smallest schools in those states i, I think it would be a benefit interesting and then what were some of your takeaways from the games i mean obviously class c was a close one and that was uh but the other were blowouts what were some of your thoughts on the champions this year well not not many huge surprises. Uh, that Nicole Spryberg game was kind of expected to be the closest one of the day, and it turned out to be a dandy. I actually listened to your wing there for, for uh, <laughs> a lot of that game before before uh, my game up in uh, Orono on Saturday, and uh, it was quite quite a game. Uh, Pelletier with the uh, with the uh, uh, return there for a touchdown. Uh, I tell you what, I, I live ten minutes from the Newport area, I, I, it, and that that community is is absolutely jumping and. I mean, they, 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 they're a very new program. I mean, within, I don't know exactly, but it's been around 10 years. And, I mean, they went through, you know, some struggles in this 10 years. But with a state championship this soon, and, you know, there's some schools that have had teams for years and years and have never won a state championship. But, you know, and that's the first state championship in uh, a boys' sport for that school. I mean, they, they never, they've won girls' state championships in, uh, in girls' basketball field hockey, but they, they've never won it. I mean, I think individuals have, like, in wrestling and stuff like that, but as for, like, you know, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, you know, like, the team sports like that, they, they've never they've never won a state championship. So that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great storyline to emerge, definitely, from Saturday's games. And, uh, you know, you look at the other games, Class A, I thought Portland had a chance for a, for a split second, for a split second after the fumble, after they'd cut it to a 14-point game, but... Uh, a lot of penalties, and obviously Thornton being a much bigger and uh, clearly better team, at least in you know roster size, and also you know the pure speed they, they showed off in that game. But I mean, Thornton Academy—they never trailed the whole year. Where would you rank them among the all-time greats in terms of Maine high school football teams? I, I'm not sure, but I would say definitely in the top five. I, mm. I mean, to, to never to, to never trail, I'd have to do some more research to, to say. But yeah, but I would say I would say definitely definitely in the. Uh, Five to never trail. I, I just I don't I don't know how often it's been done. I, I mean I know uh, well trailed um, in their game against Bruce Mountain. Um, I think that was the only game they they trailed this year. But um, that, that can't must not have happened much. I, I don't I don't know if you guys know know uh, if that's ever happened. But um, just just incredible. I kind of um, you know Portland was going to need some breaks to stay in it as as was a few of the, the class B and D game was going to kind of those teams were going to need some breaks to stay in it and. Uh, um, kind of the, the better team won, and the, the, the more talented team on paper won in those games, and just Thornton, yeah, just just incredible, just what they did this year. Hey, Mark, uh, we talked about what are they going to do to reclassify, and you know, I said I've always felt 
because of the physical nature of football, that football and hockey, hockey because if you don't have a rink somewhere near your town, you got to make a tremendous commitment to, for a kid to play all the time growing up in order to have a high school team and so on. But going back to football, I, I, those two sports are different. And I, I said in football, um, could we look at um, your recent last three to five years and which, which uh, group are you going to go with? And so you played those schools. Now, there will be, unfortunately, more travel involved. But, uh, you know, is that a solution? I mean, one of the things that Aaron mentioned is what do you do with Bangor? They've got the size, but they, I mean, they haven't done anything for a while. What's going to happen when you pair them with, let's say, the B schools? Are they going to are they going to say, "Geez, we can't play that school that big"? I mean, I'm not sure Bangor would beat them anyway. But uh, what, what's right this? now? They right now they wouldn't. But I do think I do think they are going in the right direction. I do think yes. within, five, within five years, I do think that they will be competitive. Maybe yeah, not, back. maybe not Thornton's level, but but I do think they'll be competitive um, in the mix. You know, in the mix, maybe semifinals. You know, you know. Not not getting embarrassed like they have the last few years. I, I do think that's probably in the right direction. But I do see your point. I mean, Wells. I mean, their their enrollment says they're in Class D. Their talent says they're in Class B. You right. Know, you know. You, you know. You know what I mean. And and uh, I mean that does change though. You know, in most sports, it has, doesn't seem to in football as much. You know, you, you see the same schools every year. Thornton, Thornton there, Marshwood, Brunswick. Um, you know, Wells, Foxcroft's always competitive up here in Class D. You know, you know what I mean. There's, there's always the same same programs. It seems like in football, but yeah, to your point, I I, I don't think that would hurt. Um, but as I said, it goes in, in stretches too. Sure. I mean, yes. Right now, right now, Bangor is struggling, and they have for a few years now. But they they were a good program. You know, within about eight, seven eight years ago, they were they were a good program. MCI. Uh, you know, when I first started my website, they were losing games seventy to nothing. I was going over there. You know, they were they were getting blown out. You know, uh, kid got six interceptions there off them and four touchdowns. You know what I mean? And, and then they turn around, and, and now they're—I um, know they lost this year in the semifinals, but they—they're now one of the better programs up here. You know what I mean? Consistently, and so it does—it does change somewhat. But um, it wouldn't hurt to when you got a team like Wells to if that obviously they would have to agree to it. I would believe, but they, you know to. To say, you know, to put him up a class or two, you know, and, and uh, to see see what happens. And maybe they'll be up anyway after re- reclassification. So we'll we'll see. But um, you know, they're the team that uh, you know. I, I that game that game uh, Saturday night. They're just. I mean, and Foster has nothing to be embarrassed about. That they did that to everybody all year. You know, and, and yeah. that's just that's just uh, that bridge kid. I just. I, I mean, Foster wasn't doing a great job tackling, but. I mean, it was mainly because of him, you know. And I mean, I know, I know he did it all year. He averaged four, t- over four, you know, four touchdowns a game, which is incredible, or whatever. But, but, but it just, uh, um, and their their offensive line, they, they remind me of like a Division two offensive line or for a low Division one. You know what I mean? They're just uh, they're so big and uh, strong and fast, and um, you know. So yeah, well, your point, uh, your point, it would it wouldn't hurt to try try something like that. Yeah, we talked to. To Tim Roach uh, last Wednesday or Thursday, I think, and he was saying his kids made a commitment to the weight room because they've got that separate facility to do that in. Uh, I think he said that Bridge didn't even play last year. I think he had been playing all along and didn't play last year and came back out, which makes that story even more incredible. I may be wrong about that, but I think that's what he said. I think that I think that was 
Maybe, but I think it, maybe you're right. But I thought he did, and uh, I thought maybe that was McKay that didn't play last year. But but um, you, you might be right. But I, I I do remember him, and maybe it was from the state championship two years ago. But um, he just he was just dominating, uh, <laughs> and McKay too. But and McKay's only a junior, so they yeah. they have they have him back next year, and uh, uh, you know whatever class they're going to be in, uh, C D B whatever, they'll be one of the favorites. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know I. I think they probably weren't as good as Moshwood, but they weren't far below them. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. Wells is a perfect example of wishing we had an open tournament, see how they do against the, the biggest schools. Um, yeah. I, you, yeah. know, they, uh, you know what I mean? That's what Aaron wanted to I, see. I want to see a Way tournament of champions. I, was, I, want, I want to see Thornton play Wells and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and, and you know, I don't. I guess I don't know for sure. None of us do, but I don't think they would get blown out as bad as what the state championship school was. I, sure. I, I you know, I, I think you know they might lose, but I don't. I mean, I, I think actually Wells, from what I hear, was a little bit better last year. To be honest with you, they were pretty dominant this year too. And uh, I, I think they would, you know, again stay in the game. I don't think they'd get to the thirty-five point rule. I think they would stay within within a touchdown or two and not get embarrassed. The uh... The thing about Wells, even when they come to seven on seven, everybody else is in shotgun and five wides and empty backfield. No, they lined up in the wing tee, <laughs> maybe with some adjustments. You know, his big adjustment was going to double wing, but uh, they're starting to still run a waggle and roll out, and they don't care whether you like it or not. This, this is what we do. I asked him that. I said, "Why aren't you in shotgun or any of those things?" He says, "No, this is what we do. What sense of practicing those other things?" And that's yeah. what they do. Yeah, teams know what's coming and still can't stop it. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, and, and that—that's the thing. You know, they're, they're not. There's not no secret what they're going to do. And um, you know, again, Foxcroft, you know, had a great season and really offensively on Saturday night, they didn't do that bad. I mean, you know, but they just couldn't stop. They couldn't stop well. Yeah. And and that's all that was. Mark, I'm curious. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, but if you had to name three finalists for the Fitzpatrick Trophy, we won't find out those you are probably for about a month, but if you had to name three, who would they be? Who would, who would be your three finalists for the Fitzy this year? Oh, you have put me on the spot. I, I honestly don't know enough about the Southern schools. I, I Fair enough, most, yeah. You, you know, I, I, would assume, I would assume they would come from there. I mean, I, I, would, I would think Bridge would be one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know it's a Class B school, but when you get when you average almost four touchdowns a game, I, and he is a senior, so I I would think he'd be one. I I would be. It wouldn't be fair because I would be saying you know names, and I'd be missing definitely guys that would definitely be on there. But uh, uh, I would have to look into it. But I, I know Thornton has has Bracamonte, <laughs> right? Yeah, Bracamonte, Elowich. Yeah. I, I I don't know that I could narrow it to three yet, but those those guys, Bridge, Brockamonte, Bridge, Elowich, Elowich, Colton Carson's in the mix. Colton Carson, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of great candidates. Wells did have a finalist last yeah. year. Nolan Potter was a finalist last year the, for the, the quarterback from Marshwood. Um, oh, shoot, I can't think of his name now. He he was he was absolutely perfect yeah. on on uh, Saturday. Well, the other thing we don't know it's seventy percent football, thirty percent academics. So right. you also have to have good yeah. grades in the classroom. So we'll see, I guess. Um, Mark, you still there with us there? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, University of Maine. Um, obviously, that's been quite the storyline uh, with the year they've had. How close have you been following that, and uh, how excited are you for the playoffs coming up here on December first at home? I'm very excited. I, I've been following closely, but uh, honestly, Chris. Chris, who helps me out with my website, mm-hmm. um, he, he covers all those games, and boy, um, what a story they are. Chris has Chris done a great job for us this year covering Humane, and you know, and also when they go on the road, we take, you know, you know, we 
retweet Maddie's stuff and stuff like that too. So, but it's just just uh, incredible. They they um, also just found out uh, um, Coach Hates that was named uh, a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year award at that level. So, um, uh-huh. good 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 for him, and uh, he definitely deserves to be in the mix there. But um, you know, and, and they're going to be playing December first against a team from either. Alabama or Tennessee. So that, that's right. <laughs> right. Welcome to Maine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, either um, Jacksonville State or East Tennessee. <laughs> and, and, uh, although Elon from North Carolina didn't do too bad this Saturday, but uh, but um, you know I think they're used to playing some of the northern schools, New Hampshire, Maine, more than more than those teams uh, down down there in that conference. You know, so uh, just a great story. Um, obviously, Chris Ferguson, the quarterback's a big key. Um, he, he's hurt. I think this bye week will will help. Um, he actually had to. Um, get removed on on Saturday from the game with a with a, his shoulder was still hurting and uh, really without him in they are a different team I think I think if he plays um, Maine has a great great shot if he doesn't you know it's going to be a, be a struggle as, um, you know and, and I, I well it's going to be a struggle either way you get to this point you're playing a good team right yeah <laughs> so so but it's going to be a struggle either way but I just think I think the key to the Black Bears getting you know as far as they they can. Um, yeah, if Ferguson is going to be, you know, kind of have to be on the field. And Maine played a tough schedule this year. You know, five of the eight wins they posted were against teams at the time who were ranked in the top 25, um, and they also beat an FBS school uh, in Western Kentucky. So that's a pretty impressive gauntlet they've already gone through, and I think that they're pr- more than ready for the playoffs probably, I'd imagine. So. Yeah, when you're in the C- CAA, it's kind of like being, the, being in the SEC, you know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> at, at, at that level. Because you're you're playing against them. I mean, six teams made the made the tournament there, made the made the made the playoffs. So six teams in their cars, first time ever they've had that many. And you know, so each week, pretty much no matter who they're playing, they were playing a team that was capable of making making it this far. And, and so yeah, you're right. And, and the non-conference schedule was was pretty tough too. And uh, um, it's only going to help them right now. And, and it's just, they, you know, as I said, no matter who they play, it's going to be a good team. They they played good teams all year long, and, and uh, if they play well, and as I said, if Ferguson's healthy, they got a chance to do special things. And um, you know, another good thing is um, that North Dakota State there they don't they don't have to they don't have to go there because if if they get to North, that team North Dakota State, they'll be in the uh, they'll be in the championship game. You know what I mean? They, they, which will will be on a neutral field. So so you know that's another good thing is because uh, you stay out of their bracket and uh, and to see what happens. Definitely. Well, uh, are you looking forward already to a uh, high school basketball season here? Uh, very much so. <laughs> I, I I love football, and I, I but I don't uh, cold. I rather I like being in the warm warm gym. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I can't I can't wait. Uh, we'll get nineteen uh, open day practice today. Nineteen days to open the day. We'll be on uh, quite a few games. Uh, doing quite a few games uh, broadcast wise up here. And just uh, just looking forward to it. I I, I love that season. You know, it's it's long season. Um, by by early March, we're ready to move on. But right now, just looking forward to it. I'll get out probably. I'm probably out this week for Thanksgiving, but next week get out to do some uh, previews and some practices and stuff like that. And, uh, some preseason tournaments start this weekend. We got one up here in Howland that starts this weekend. Uh, um, a turkey shootout they call it, and then uh, there's one of the cross tournaments this weekend with some good teams there too. Excellent. Any teams in particular we're really excited to check out this year after based on what they did last season, maybe. Well, locally, from where I am, yeah. the, Dex, the uh, Dexter girls, uh, they were runner-up in Class C North up here. They gave Holton all they, all they could get, um, you know, all they could handle there, and, the, and they actually lost overtime to Holton in the regional final last year. They had, um, you know, Avery Herrick and Peyton Grant, a, a freshman duo there that 
that were dynamic in their back, and uh, you know they they um, are the favorites up here in Class C, Class C North. So they'll be they'll be interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's always uh, you know I think Matt and Oxford boys are the favorite up here in Class uh, C for Class C boys. Um, that's a little bit more wide open now with uh, George Stevens graduating there. Their crew there that they um, had for the last four years that were just so dominant. So those are those are a couple teams on uh, you know Class D. I think Caribou will be good. There's, there's, you know we'll be doing our previews soon, but those are those are a few teams that definitely will be in the mix and, and definitely looking forward to it. That Manitoba team they got some athletes and uh, they they should be fun to watch if anybody gets a chance to see them at any point this year. Well, tell us more about your uh, website, Eastern Maine Sports. What can people uh, check out there right now? I suppose. Right, right now, uh, as I said, Chris is all over the you mean stuff. We got that stuff going. I post the schedule for the Penobscot Valley uh, preseason tournament. We got all the, uh, the high school football stuff. The recap from the Class D game that I did the other night. Um, a lot of stuff going on uh, locally. We got you know the pro recaps and uh, you know uh, uh, kind of the Patriots. Hopefully, they come out stronger after the bye and uh, just just uh, all that stuff. We're getting ready for the basketball season. Um, HOU, we will have. Uh, and I team up with them and broadcast some games uh, this winter as we did the football season. So a lot of things going on. Uh, we got uh, boys soccer uh, player of the year will be uh, um, voted on starting tonight, and uh, just that's, that's some of the stuff. Terrific, terrific. Again, you can check that out easternmainsports.com. Mark Cowden, thanks so much for joining us here on the B List Daily. All right, thank you guys. Take care, Mark. All right, so Mark Allen joining us, giving his insight on possibility of eight-man football uh, coming to Maine that he touched on there. Certainly, that might be interesting. I would love to call an eight-man football game. I feel like it would be more wide open and sees a lot of points scored, maybe. I, I was telling Matty, he asked me about it, and I said, when I was when I retired and came back to coaching, uh, I went to Oak Hill, and uh, I did the freshman and JVs both yeah. and uh, had a couple different people coach with me. And uh, anyway, uh, we had a couple weeks where we had a freshman game, then the other team call, couldn't make it. Then the third week comes around, and he goes, here's our choices. We're going to play such such a school. We're scheduled. He said they just called. They've had some injuries and whatever. They'd like to play us in eight-man. Mm. And I said, whoa, I, don't even, I haven't even looked it up. You know, right? He said, "Well, do you want do you want to play or not?" I go, "Yeah, we want to play." Yeah. So I got online and and uh, found out where who how many guys you could have and so that what kind positions of stuff. are oh, missing? Don't ask me. It was a long, <laughs> long time, was ago. A long time ah. ago, so I've forgotten now. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, You have less linemen. Yeah, right. That makes sense. And um, maybe like and th- so on. Three years, three linemen probably, and and uh, I think maybe four. And uh, okay. So one less. So receiver. anyway, yeah, and and one less receiver and whatever, but it was wide open. Yeah, I think this it's a, it was a lot of fun. There was plenty of hitting. It wasn't that wasn't going anywhere. Right. I thought it just gives you an opportunity to not have to worry about, you know, when are you going to come up with those other three or four guys for for depth and everything yeah. else. And it, like I said, it was our kids enjoyed it. They weren't sure when we started. Geez, coach, this feels weird. And I go, well, yeah, yeah, but give it a try, you know. Well, they were talking about the linebacker for the Cowboys, and I am blanking on his name. Yeah. He played eight-man football yeah. in high school. Yeah. Went to Boise State, made a name for himself at Boise State, and got drafted in the NFL. So, uh, you know, you know, obviously NFL is, is a pie in the sky for the 99.9% of the country, but it shows that eight-man football can, you know, still produce really high-quality Yeah, you know, I think you'll find in the South, in those little small rural communities, I think it's probably a staple. 
mm. that they they play eight man. That's where it came from. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that we. Well, I think there are several things that Manny and I've talked about as far as football is concerned. The declining enrollment in Northern Maine mm-hmm. and Maine in general, first of all, right. Uh, so our schools are getting smaller, and where do kids want to play? The worry about if my kid plays, are they going to get CTE when they're thirty-five or fifty? You know that. Yeah. And and uh, I maintain, and I may be wrong. Uh, I've read a lot of the research about it coming out of BU. Uh, I, I started way back because my son wanted to play. Yeah. Well, I probably ought to figure this out whether this is a good idea or not. Yeah. And, uh, anyway. Um, how many kids are going to play from here in the NFL? Drop your voice. Yeah. Zero. So yeah. I think that constant, and they've even changed the, the rules in the NFL about preseason. It used to be double sessions. They used to beat the stuffing out of each other. They don't do that anymore. Uh, that's number one. Number two, right. I think that kid who, my, now my son never played youth football. Uh-huh. Middle school was the first time he thought he wanted to play and whatever. So I think that, you, you watch some of the Texas youth football, holy smokes, I wouldn't do some of those drills with my high school kids. <laughs> right. And those kids are getting dinged. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. So I think, you know, paying attention as a as a school system and as a program and a community of who's coaching the youth football and what are they doing. Right. So that they're not doing this stuff where they're just doing head-crushing stuff yeah. over and over because I think the cumulative effect – when that kid gets to be in the pros and whatever. Now, could a kid that played in college uh, have it? Well, you know what? We haven't actually seen much of that. Think about it. The guys that they have tested and they've volunteered to be tested are all professional football players. Yeah. Uh, so I would maintain that a couple of things. First, that I think if you're not getting it all on that long, long history of it, now it doesn't mean you couldn't get two whacks that are really, really bad and something develop after. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not naive. Yeah. But I, I think that if you're not having that consistent over that long period of time in several different levels, I think that's got to be a good thing. Now, BU just identified a gene that you can test for mm. that says if you have this gene, it's like breast cancer. To, you're more likely to, right. to, to develop CTE. Yeah. And um, so... Mike Walker and I, one of my, my best friends from Skowhegan, we coached together. Yeah. And he said, let's think back. Would you have spent, let's just say it cost 300 bucks. Now, you know, not everybody has that. But if you did, would you spend 300 bucks to get your kid tested to say, this makes us get a more informed decision? Right. Now, if people want that, guess what? It'll go down in price because people are going to demand that it does. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, maybe that gives you another situation as a parent to say, Wow, you know, I if my kid has this gene, yeah, okay. It's like well, you know, we test our kids all the time for things to to see, you know, we give them shots that yeah, make a difference, you know, whatever. So anyway, I just think there are things that could go over the encompassing point of football. I mean, same thing at ice hockey. My kid played ice hockey. Talk about opportunity to get dinged, you know. Lose an edge and somebody crush you into the boards and bang, you're hurt and, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, I think you have to decide what, what your life looks like and what's the future maybe look like and whatever. But I, I think those things, take care of the youth program at the middle school and high school level that we have the most control over besides the youth. Make sure that we're teaching the right drills, the right skills, so that kids are not throwing their head out in front of somebody to make the tackle. Yeah. 
I know that at, at, at Levitt, they use the, that weighted donut that you, you can throw your arm through, and uh, it teaches you how to not lead with the head and so mm-hmm. on, using tackling sled. Uh, Buddy Tevens at Dartmouth has developed his his uh, science department, uh, developed, I think they have four or five dummies that they put on the field, and they've got their remote controlled, and they run an angle, and you tackle them. Nice. Versus you just go straight on, you know, because that's not what happens in a game. Right, you know? right. Uh, anyway, I just think that the things that we can do, I, I think for a long time, it's like nobody knew cigarette smoking was bad for you, and people did it their whole lives, and then realized, whoa, now we got a warning on the package, and oh, people are still doing it. Not that but, many, though. No, not, you don't, not comparatively. If they do, they, you don't yeah. see it in public. No, yeah. not comparatively. They've done away with it in public buildings almost everywhere now. Thank goodness, too. I used to, uh, when I was a kid, I loved to go bowling, but we were hate cigarette smoke and so the only day the bowling alley didn't allow smoking was sunday all right you're in there <laughs> so you're in there every for the day every sunday go yeah. bowling because besides and so bowling alleys used to be like these really smoky places and now they're not at all <laughs> Same I love thing with it bars. You, like you said Most i bars. want the non-smoking section the next table is the smoking yeah, section right, that doesn't work right but right. anyway you know what i'm saying is you you know people used to do that and say hey it's fine okay now not. we know it's not right so I think now that people understand that the techniques and the uh, ignoring the whole issue is not a, is is not acceptable. Right. Um, so, I mean, you could make the case that my my dad used to say, if you take the face masks off, like the old days, they tackle more straight up and whatever. I said, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. But in yeah, the old I'm days, saying, like they used to feel like yeah. deaths on the field like well, in the 1800s. All kinds of yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That doesn't happen. Uh, well, they say the same thing about hockey. Never know. happened in the NFL. Before they played, sure. yeah, before they played, put helmets on in the NHL, there was a lot less high sticking and whatever. Now, because they got the helmet, people think, oh, I can lift the stick and who knows. But anyway, I think now that we know that's an issue, you start paying attention to it. I think we're going through a dearth of right now of people really, young parents really worried about their young kid, and they should be. And so... So what's the adaptation? What what can we do to yeah. make it better, to keep kids safe, and still allow them to play a sport that I happen to love? Right. You know, it's, uh, somebody asked me a week ago, would you let your kid play today, knowing what you know? And I said, I would. Because I would hope that he would have learned the right techniques. Yeah. And at some point in time, are you, kids get hurt skiing. Are you going to not let your kid ski? Right. I mean, yeah. Driving hot. a car. Driving a car is probably the worst situation you can yeah. ever put your kid into. We send them out every day. We, we let them drive at 16 years old. We're 16 years old with other kids 30, in the car. I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe not yeah, so much. Well, you know, you're going to love this. We we didn't let our son ride in cars with the other guys. Right. I said, we didn't let my daughter do that. Yeah, Why? I remember there used to be a rule. There was a rule in Washington State where I grew up that you couldn't have other people in the car for like a certain amount of time after you got your license or something. The fir- I think it was the first year, but yeah, now like they just passed that a couple of years ago. But, oh. but anyway, we said, no, we'll take you and whatever. You know what? He never complained about it. Now he got his license. He wasn't quite six. You know, he's about 16, but he had driver's ed. Yeah. He's very responsible, whatever. And eventually we allowed him to drive, you know, but... Uh, you know, that's probably, the, like I say, the most dangerous situation you could ever put. I For sure. If we do it without even thinking about it. Yeah, just because you have to have transportation to get places. Sure, especially, especially in this, in this especially state. Especially in, yeah, in Maine, yeah. <laughs> my, my kids, neither one of my kids have a car, you know. They live in Boston area. Right. Brookline. 
They take oh, public transportation. Ride Josh rides or, his bike. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, Josh, Aaron will, will rent a, a uh, oh, what do you call him? Um, oh, a zip car? Zip car. Yeah, or, yeah. Whatever, or, or use yeah. uh, Uber or whatever. Right, or but, Lyft, uh, yeah. But the they, use, they use public transportation. Oh, they walk. And my kids walk everywhere in right. the Boston area. Well, before we get cut off from the automation, we will sign off here. This has been the V-List Daily here on Sports Time 780 and the new 105 Sports. My name is Aaron Morris. Filled in for Matty B today. Coach Dave Wing, thank you so much. Thanks to Alice Montgomery and Mark Cannon as well. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Same time, same network. W288CW Lewiston, AM 1240, WEZR Lewiston, WTME Rumpton, 105.5 Sports.